One thing you need to know for sure, it's Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ. And then coming up tonight, it'll be playoff Sliwa in for me. So we'll have a little bit of crosstalk coming up later on. And then Slee has got you tonight. And if you're a Laker fan, this is Mr. Laker himself. So Slee was in the house tonight. Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ. I got Milwaukee up 68-67. Check that. Now Boston's up 69-68 over Milwaukee in the third quarter. So the NBA is underway. We all know that from last night's game. And already a postponement in the NBA as Houston and Oklahoma City were shut down tonight. James Harden with COVID uh, protocol violation. And then a bunch of guys on the team apparently were getting their hair cut at their buddy's apartment. And that turned into a disaster. So... That's one thing you need to know. But here's Greg Bergman with Moss. All right. So there is an upcoming documentary that is called A Glitch in the Matrix from director, director Rodney Asher. And it is about it's basically a deep dive into whether or not we are living in a simulation. Now, Scott, do you think that A, we are living in a simulation and B, is it possible that we could be living in a simulation? Yeah, I'm not sure I understand. I don't really get it, okay? What, what do we mean a simulation? Because there are some days where I feel like really clear-headed, really clear-minded, and I'm like, wow, look at this sky. It's blue, and it's crispy outside, and the, the waves are crashing, and wow, what a beautiful world we live in. And then other days, I'm just a little hazy, you know? And then I'm like, what is going on in this world? Like, where are we? What, what's going on? Hey, how does that all happen? So I don't really know. What do you mean by a simulation? What does that mean? Well, have you, have you seen the movie The Matrix? Yeah, I've seen the movie The Matrix. I've so, seen it in a long time, but yeah. Right. So basically the premise of the movie is that he's that the world is a simulation and we're all just plugged into a machine and we're just seeing the world in what it as what it is. And we actually the real world is inside is outside of the matrix of where they all live. Yeah. So we are all basically assume that, you know, we're all plugged into a machine or mm-hmm. and this world is not real okay no that's dumb and no i don't know that's, that's stupid right, i have a question hold on so the like matrix. kyrie irving stuff right there or yeah, what? The, the matrix the movie is that is that uh is that uh keanu reeves yes okay let me tell you something about keanu reeves here for a quick second keanu if you're listening this afternoon and gary Busey, more likely if you're listening this afternoon guys i gotta just have a a second with you two gentlemen somehow the other day i'm flipping through channels don't ask me how i have no idea i was probably going to bed and i was flipping through channels and um the movie was on uh, uh where they're the bank robbers with patrick swayze uh point break right point break you know this movie greg no it's a great movie great movie okay i, love I point am break. not what'd you say i was gonna say one of the lines but go ahead no i want to know which line it was because i wonder if it's the same line i'm thinking i am an fbi agent <laughs> When Keanu Reeves is trying to identify himself. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> okay, so terrible, terrible acting in that particular scene, Keanu. But okay, it's all right. No, it was great. All right, listen to me. There's a one scene where Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves are on the stakeout, right? And they're going to get the presidents, the old presidents who are robbing the bank. And Busey tells Keanu Reeves, hey, Utah, Utah, right around the corner, there's a little sandwich shop. Go over there and get me two meatball sandwiches. You got me? And Utah gets out of the car like, no problem. And Busey sticks his head out of the window and he goes, hey, Utah, two, two sandwiches, two of them. I don't know why, but the way <laughs> Gary Busey ate those, those sandwiches made me think that like meatball parm sandwiches on like hamburger buns looked good. I've had like three of them so far this week. You know, I mean, been, they are good, dude. They're amazing. I, amazing. I took like Hawaiian rolls. I put them in the toaster. I took the turkey meatballs I made the other night. I threw a little bit of like pepper jack cheese over the top and then some some marina. You know, I'm telling you, it was freaking bomb. Hey, Utah, two. I need two, Utah. Now, I've let me ask them. Yeah. How did you get from we're living in a simulation to meatball parm? Um, all through the Matrix and Keanu Reeves. Thank you for asking and explaining because I need people to understand the way my brain works. Thank you, Greg Bergman. You're very welcome. That was well done. Very, very well done. All right, so then let's move on. So now we're in the we're in the Christmas holiday season, and it's just right. two days away. Mm-hmm. And so I have a map of favorite Christmas movies by state. Mm-hmm. So and first question is, what do you think in the entire United States? was the most popular uh, Christmas movie by state. Now, this is a Christmas movie. This is mm-hmm. not a Christmas TV special. This is not like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on ABC no. on like a Saturday night at 8 p.m. This is not like that. 
No, think It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Polar Express, Elf, Home Alone, Die Hard, stuff like that. Okay, so every one of those movies that you just said were all the movies that I was going to say. <laughs> well, one of them is. With eight with eight uh, states, Home okay. Alone was the most popular Home of Alone. all of them. Yeah. Really? Home Alone. Interesting. Lots so of I, kids. My kids love it. Home Alone's a great movie. Um, gosh, whatever happened to Macaulay Culkin? Whatever happened to that guy? He's friends with Freddie Prince Jr. That's all oh. I know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Freddie Prince still coming on the radio? Uh, he hasn't in a while. We could always get him back sometime. Yeah. Now, which, now, what do you think was the most popular Christmas movie in California? And Laura, you can guess too. I'll, I'll, Laura, would you like the first guess? Ladies first? No, you can go first. I'll take Die Hard for, you know, it's kind of that downtown LA sort of thing. I, I'm going to go with Die Hard. Laura? Ooh, ah, California? Yeah, it's different. It's not what you think. You got to go outside the box. I know. Okay. Oh, I thought that you thought there was a name of a movie that was a Christmas movie called California? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, okay, you guys are going to make fun of me, but whatever. I'm gonna no, go I just thought that was the, the name of the movie, and I thought California was like the name of the I was like, oh, okay, so it's not California. It's California. It's a different movie. I didn't no, know. I was trying to buy time, but I was like the holiday. <laughs> so, you, so you could Google away and try and no, find Christmas No, I didn't Christmas Google. <laughs> I, just, I thought of the holiday just because it has California and LA in there. Uh, no, it is neither one of those. But but Die Hard is a favorite movie in in Washington State mm -hmm. and in Colorado. Yeah, mm -hmm. but what about California? I don't care about Washington or Colorado. Yeah, well, but that was Die Hard. Col or California is Edward Scissorhands. What? Does that surprise anybody? Edward Scissorhands is the is the favorite Christmas movie of California. I so I like Johnny Depp, but I really don't know the film. What? Yeah, I've seen it, but like, don't wow. really feel like I know it. Wow. And I don't even re really feel like, you know, that people discuss all the time, like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is, is Scissorhands? I don't, I don't remember is. Scissorhands being, in, like, I don't even remember Christmas in Scissorhands. Yeah, it's all based around Christmas. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't, See, I, don't, I always thought it was the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's I would Nightmare That's Before Christmas? Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas is fantastic. What's, what's that? I don't know it. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it's the, the Disney movie? Are you kidding me? Nope, Danny Elfman? Oh, so good. You should go watch it. Go watch it with your your daughter will love it. It yes. doesn't matter what age she is. The Nightmare but, Before Christmas. Yes, it's it's the it's the intersection between Halloween Town and Christmas Town. Mm -hmm. And it's all in it's cartoon and it's really really well done. Is that like Thanksgiving Great music. Town? Is that what's in between? <laughs> I mean, well, it actually it, you will see there's other parts about it. But yes, there are other towns and different holidays. Okay. I don't know it. How, how have you never seen yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas? What's going on here? I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, I. I am. Cap, what's it called? Constantly, the nightmare before Christmas. The and nightmare before I am, Christmas. Anybody know this movie? The nightmare before Christmas. I have a studio audience here, just so you guys know. Everybody Anybody? knows this movie. Nightmare before. They, I'm googling it. Oh my god! No, yeah, it's shocking to me right that you don't know. It does. It hurts my my <laughs> heart hurts. just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I'm it, constantly, constantly amazed at the amount of. TV, television and movies that you have never seen. I know. I know. What kind of childhood did you have? You made fun <laughs> right. of me, but man. I think that um, that the issue here is I think we have a generational gap. I know people listen and they're like, Kaplan, he Whoa. must be like 28 years old. He's so millennial sounding <laughs> and cool. You know, but, but in reality. That's what I always people, think. But it, right, right. But in reality, I'm fitty, you know? Fitty? Fitty, Keep girl. Fitty. Yeah. I hey, listen, wait. I'll tell you something else I don't know anything about. You know, you, you, you tease me about not knowing The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, the Mandalorian, let me tell you something. I have friends who tell me that they watch The Mandalorian and how awesome it is. And I'm like, I guess I better watch it. Mm. And they're like, they're like, I'm like, I don't really, I'm not into Star Wars at all. And they're like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. Mandalorian's amazing. And I don't know Mandalorian. Me neither, Scott. You're good. You're good. We're on the same. No, you're you're both crazy. But I'll what? give you this. I'll give I'll give you this. If you don't like Star Wars, then don't waste your time watching The Mandalorian. Thank you, mm -hmm. and I won't. If you don't like, I mean, you're. I mean, I think it's upsetting that you don't like Star Wars. But eh. either way, don't watch The Mandalorian if you don't. Yeah. But Mandalorian is so good, and what happened on the season finale was just mind-blowing i was very very excited about it i'm not going to ruin it would you say it was mind-blowing in a game of thrones kind of way 
Was Different. it mind blowing in a what's the name of that Jason Bateman show on Netflix? The one uh, where they're in the the Ozarks. Ozark. Is it mind? I never watched that one. Oh, that's. Oh my God! You've never seen Ozark. I feel so oh, terrible no. for you. Oh my <laughs> God! You had deprived life. You live this kid. It doesn't work like that. It, it, it does it, not it on does, Ozark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this isn't some like Star Wars level show, okay? So my brother was screaming out of the top of his lungs, and he runs into my room. He goes, "I know you don't know it, and you have no idea what this means, but oh my!" And I can't bleep, right? God, what just happened? I'm like, dude, get out of my room. I don't care. Like, go away. But yeah, they were losing their minds. This is in Mandalorian, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. A very big, like, reveal. It was cool. All right. Well, there's the things you need to know. That is what you need to know. There you go. What you need to know. Presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Scott Kaplan in for George Sedano and LZ Granderson. And it is a Christmas Eve Eve here on 710 ESPN. We've spent a lot of the evening thus far talking about the Lakers and the start of the NBA season. And uh, in some ways, the shutdown of a game already between Houston and Oklahoma City. And we'll talk more NBA coming up with George Sedano in just a matter of moments. Okay. All right, Greg Bergman. Are you ready to keep things going here? Always. Always. Let's go. All right. Listen, George is coming up. George Sedano. I'm going to get back to the NBA. But I do want to jump back in a little bit here to the Rams. And here's why. I played for you earlier Kurt Warner's criticism of Jared Goff. And essentially, for those of you that may have missed it, what Kurt Warner said on the NFL Network, and my man Andrew Siciliano checking in. I know you're listening out there, Drew. Nice to have you with us tonight here on 710. But listen, when Kurt Warner explains what most of us have been saying all along, you must run the football. And now that will take a shot this week because Cam Akers is going to be out with a high ankle sprain. And so you got to find a running game and you've got to be committed to a running game. Traditionally speaking, when teams are strong running games, what they do is they grind you into the ground. Now, there are times where you get down in a game and you can't run the ball. You've got no choice but to pass the ball. But the coaching staff and Sean McVay, listen, he's a good young coach. He's not Bill Belichick, okay? So in some ways, head coaches, especially first-time head coaches, they've got on-the-job learning to do as well. But what happens is is when you lead a team to a Super Bowl so early in your head coaching career, everybody thinks you've got every answer, and you don't. And I've seen many coaches who have a lot more head coaching experience than Sean McVay get caught in the same trap where they just want to throw the ball and they're not committed to the running game. The running game is everything you gotta be committed to it when you go back to this game against the jets and you say well why did they lose this game look they lost this game because they showed up like entitled brats who thought we get to show up and win you know and and i know that that may not sound so nice to everybody but that's what happened you don't lose to the jets at home when you are a playoff bound team and they're they're battling for the first overall pick you don't do it just unprofessional you know and i'm telling you right now uh, Sean McVay agrees, and so does Jared Goff, and so does offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, and so does everybody else. That was, that was an unprofessional performance by the team this past weekend. But you know what? Here's the reality of the situation. It doesn't matter now. Today's Wednesday. You know, that happened on Sunday. Well, it's over now, okay? We, we were embarrassed. We were humiliated. Hey, by the way, here's the good news for the Rams. The Lakers season tipped off. They got their rings. Nobody's even paying attention to the fact, at least on Wednesday, that the Rams lost that game to the Jets. But here's what we should be paying attention to. This game at Seattle this weekend. This is it. I mean, this is it right here. I'm not saying that if you don't win this game, you can't still make the playoffs. You can. Okay? But reality starts to set in. You've positioned yourself yet again to have to go on the road in the division in a must-win situation. Now, here's the good news. Seattle's not Seattle this year. And I don't mean the football team. I mean the city. I mean the stadium. That is one of the hardest places to play and to win because of the 12s. They're on their feet the entire game. They're screaming like maniacs. They're civilized, but they're drunk. And they're loud. Okay? And it's very, very hard to win there. But there are no 12s. There are no people. 
There is no problem with, with getting plays in or making calls at the line of scrimmage. And let me tell you something. It is so time for Jared Goff to step up and be the leader of this team. He's got to play. He's so robotic at times, and I hate to knock the guy because it's not really him. It's everybody. It's play calls, and it's execution of play calls. There's, there's responsibility everywhere. Block punts, unacceptable. Uh, holding penalties at the absolute worst time. Not that there's a good time, but on a touchdown run, it's a really bad time. The, the Rams have got to get it all together this weekend because here's the one thing about Seattle. Their defense has improved dramatically over the last few weeks. And even when Seattle is winning games against teams that they should be crushing or you think they should be crushing, it's their defense late in the game that last week against Washington came up with huge plays, huge sacks at the end of the game to seal the deal. It's a monster game. Rams fans, I hear you complaining all the time. We talk, we talk Lakers all day long and the Rams don't get enough love. I'm here for you, man. I'm giving it to you. But I'm telling you guys right now, must win situation. This is it. This is the season right here. Division game on the road, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. This is it. And you gotta win this game. All right, coming up. What did my man George Sedano think about the ring ceremony last night? Does George Sedano think that Laker fans should even care about the result in last night's game against the Clippers? We'll find out. George Sedano will join us next. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yeah, Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ, although Sedano's coming up. Now, LZ took tremendous pride in the fact that Feliz Navidad made the top 10 on the Billboard charts for the first time ever this year. And LZ took a lot of credit for it, too, because we kept playing it over and over again, and we were fetching a lot about how it wasn't in the top 10. So Feliz Navidad y Prospero Año y Felicidad. You know what I'm saying to you? I think you do. I think you do. Pretty good. You want to know something that's really weird is that during today's show, we're preparing for 2021 already. You guys don't even know this, but I'll tell you. So in preparing for 2021, one of the things we're doing is we're going to probably infuse some video into the radio audio, right? So I've been doing some work here with Janice from our social media team. And so what I realized is that my camera is on my computer and we're, we're doing a dress rehearsal for the video part of this. Well, I never had the camera on. I had like a Google Doc up on my computer. And I am doing things like, you know, Kevin Harlan's talking and I'm picking my nose. And I swear to you, like, I don't even, I'm like, okay, I forgot I was on camera completely. You know, like, have you had that happen so far? Like when you're on Zoom calls and stuff, when has that happened to you guys? Yeah, all the time, except that when you're on a Zoom call and someone says something and you start rolling your eyes and go, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That never happens to me. No, I keep it professional. I keep a picture, guys. That's what you do. You don't turn on the live camera. You just put a pretty picture of you, and that's all they see. Well, Mm -hmm. sorry to Janice from our 710 social media team who is is sitting in her home as we're dress rehearsing this whole video-enabled side of what we're doing, and there I am picking my nose in between. You know what I mean? Like, I feel terrible. Sorry, Janice. Sorry about that. I'm sure George Sedano would never do something like that. Is George Sedano ready to join his own show? He yeah, I've been, been here. I've been oh. listening to you. Oh, excuse me. Hi, George Sedano. I- I'm good. How are you? Feliz I'm Navidad. Feliz Navidad, mi hermano. How's it going? 
Uh, it's going, you know, I'm just sitting here watching basketball, you know, hanging out, doing a fantasy draft uh, that started late because the commissioner of the league forgot, oh, the season started. So we're doing it tonight, too. Nice. Um, I joined a fantasy basketball league for the first time in my life. It's actually great to keep up with all the nuances of the game. That's why I decided to do it. I, I'm not joking around. Like I was like, you know what, man? I listen to George and LZ, and I feel like those guys know NBA basketball up and down every team, every roster, every player, every coach. I'm like, you know what? I want to know the NBA the way I know the NFL. I'm playing fantasy basketball. Right. you got to know that Cole Anthony is going to come off the bench. Greg Anthony's son for the Orlando Magic. He is a uh, first-round pick and that he's probably going to play a lot this year. Like You need to know that for sure. I had the kid last night, Wiseman, who was the yeah. second overall pick, I believe, in the NBA draft, or was he the first overall pick this year? Wiseman was second to yeah. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I got him. I have him on my team. I was in interested. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this kid. I'm going to keep an eye on this young guy. Yeah. So I'm excited about it, George. I'm, I'm pumped up to play a little bit of, of fantasy basketball this year. What, what number pick did you have in your draft? Five, which stinks. Uh, you know, it's in the middle. You don't want right. to be in the middle. Like You want to be closer to the edges, you know, either like towards the beginning of the draft or towards the end so you can pick quicker you know oh so this is a snake draft that's what those of us deep inside the fantasy basketball world yep. call these things is that right yes sir okay see i didn't know that until earlier this week so i had the fourth or fifth pick i think also and i got steph curry what are you going to do at five uh, i took carl anthony towns because i think he's going to score a lot rebound a lot he's going to do all that stuff like he's going to be he's a monster so of course you know you take someone like that okay do you get any lakers in any of your other fantasy drafts no, I didn't get any Lakers. They were all gone. I mean, really, the, the Lakers you would want, obviously, are LeBron and AD, mm -hmm. and uh, neither were available to me at that pick. And then, you know, later in the – once you get into a, a draft, like, forget it. Like, it's it's a crapshoot. You never – there's always the one guy who takes somebody way too early, and you're like, damn it, I was going to take that guy in the next round, you know? <laughs> so it, it just becomes one of those problems, so, you know? Hey, George, let me get your impressions of last night. That's really why I called. I know you're on vacation. I appreciate you being available. But I thought to myself, you know, listen, you haven't been on the air for the last two weeks. Give me some thoughts on last night. And you can start, you know, anywhere you like, of course. But the ring ceremony, the game, the result, just give me some first impressions. So, look, let's start with the Lakers. I, you know, I don't want anyone to panic after one game. And I think most Laker fans understand, like, this is a long season. Plus, they literally saw the Clippers beat them on opening night last season. So, I don't think it's that big a surprise. The Lakers had the quickest turnaround. Obviously, them in Miami, 71 days. And they added so many new players, Scott. Like, that's really hard, like, to figure out in a truncated training camp. Like, that's just not easy. And I know everyone's already like, they need rim protection. Like, relax. Like, slow down. That's what Anthony Davis is for. They just got to figure out how to play together. You got LeBron. You got AD. You've got a team that goes 11 deep easily, in my opinion. The other nine, they'll figure that out. Like, that's, that's my early impressions. Like, don't freak out. It's just one freaking game. I agree. And, and, and so for me, George, I actually this afternoon went to the DVR. Now, just by the way, um, tech issues, okay? Everybody okay. can probably feel me on this. Yeah. So I have a DVR in my office where I am right now, my studio. Mm -hmm. And I have a DVR in my bedroom. But I was under the impression that if you set the DVR in the office, that you'll be able to see whatever you want on the DVR in the bedroom. But I recorded uh, the game and everything last night in the bedroom. I came to the office today to re-watch the game, and it and wasn't then, on this DVR. What what am I missing here? I don't know. Do you have DirecTV? No, I was using Spectrum. Still am. Oh, yeah. I have DirecTV, so it records on one device. It records on all of them. So, I don't. yeah, I can watch it from any room. Yeah, I that really I, I've is, never had Spectrum, so I yeah, don't know. Very irritating, I must admit. So Yeah, here's the thing. yeah well, you should complain. Like, what you should do is I would call our friends at Spectrum yeah. and be like, hey, you know, um, there are other TV providers that allow my DVR to uh, record on all the different uh, devices. So uh, what's up? Like, yeah. when, are, when are you guys going to get hip to right. that? Yeah, and, and here's another question, by the way. Mm -hmm. I've got this smart TV now, and I use the Spectrum app. Can I not DVR on the Spectrum app? I don't know, dude. Oh, yeah, no, you're I'm asking, asking the wrong, wrong guy. guy. I mean, I didn't know if you worked for Spectrum or not. I did not. No, okay. I'm not the customer service person for Spectrum. Okay, it's George Sedano from Sedano and LZ <laughs> on his own show. It's Scott Kaplan filling in, but I asked George to visit because I wanted to get some impressions of last night's game you said yeah. and i agree with you throw it out what does it matter it's meaningless lots of new guys okay. gonna take time okay i i do have one thing for you go ahead um not to be like overreact you know just to go completely opposite of what i just said to relax i will say this and i i 
I know Dennis Schroeder wants to start. I don't think that that makes sense, and here's why. I think there's too much redundancy there when it comes to ball handling with that first unit. What you want is a guy in the second unit that makes Montrez Harrell's life a little easier, um, and also it gives him a chance to really flourish as well. It's going to be tough to do that with LeBron. Now, granted, last year he shot the three ball pretty well, uh, much better than he had at any point in his career, and perhaps that is a learned experience now from him, and it's not a fluky situation. But I think that allowing him to kind of have the ball in his hands with a second unit will allow him to flourish more, and I think it'll help the Lakers, to be honest with you. It allows everyone to kind of slot into a particular role. So that, to me, is, you know, I'm not going to make it a, a you know a big deal. It's like an anthill. I don't want to make it into a mountain. But I do think that if I'm Frank Vogel and Rob Palenka, I'll be like, listen, young man, I know you, uh, I know you want to start. I know that you're a great player. You've started in this league before. But on this team, we have championship aspirations, and we believe that you're best suited to come off the bench. Yeah, and be a great teammate and do what we tell you to do. Because right. you'll you'll come along for the ride. How's that? Because I thought I thought Frank Vogel said something actually really really important in the pregame ring ceremony. He he actually looked at the players and he said, guys, um, last year was a great example of what happens when a collection of individuals comes together and becomes a great team. And I know that that sounds like coach talk, but it's really really accurate. And it's going to take time when you infuse new personalities to become the team that ultimately won the championship last right, year. Right. So I thought it was an important thing that he said. I want to get your impression, George. What did you think of the ring ceremony? I thought the ring ceremony was really awesome. I think the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for that, you know, putting the family stuff on video and all that. That was really awesome. Uh, you know, look, it, it, it was going to be really challenging to make that a touching moment without any fans there and any fanfare, and I thought they nailed that right. opportunity. So right. whether it was – uh, Tim Harris or Jeannie Buss or whoever was involved with making that happen or whoever was the idea person behind that, kudos to them because they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, they did a spectacular job for all the talk of if the fans were here, it would be so special, and it would be. But but the way they did this, getting the families involved, mm -hmm. was so good. It was just, I mean, I loved seeing LeBron's mom, his uncles, his kids, their Frenchie. I thought that was very cute, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought, uh, who was it? I think it was um, uh, Marky Morris, his, uh, his wife, and then his baby like girl. She would scream after the wife would say something, which was adorable. Right. I, I swear to you, I literally almost cried when Jared Dudley's son said, Dad, um, you're my inspiration to follow my dreams. I'm like, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what my problem is. But yeah, because you're a dad, dude, and yeah. that's the reality of it. Like, yeah. you get it. Like, you know, that, that's the deal, you know? Yeah, I'm serious. It was emotional. I thought it was fantastic. Hey, George, I'm curious. Are you done with all of your Christmas shopping? Oh, yeah. A long time ago. Uh, you know, Mrs. Sedano started that stuff like in September, I think. <laughs> it's just like she just, you know, hey, the pandemic, right? You're, you know, you're on Amazon. You see things. You just start buying it. And honestly, I think it's better um, even financially. I think it makes sense if you can to spread out your Christmas gifts or your holiday gifts over a span of three months. So that way you're not forking out a lot of cash in one felt swoop. Like I just oh. think it makes also smart financial, uh, you know, it's a smart financial decision as well. I like this advice. Here's a question for you that, that Greg asked earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, is cash a gift? Yes. Wait a second. For your significant other. Oh, um, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Yes. Wait. Oh, whoa. Hold on. All right, would you ever give your beautiful wife cash for Christmas? No, absolutely not. Why who who does that? <laughs> Greg, you you give your No, no. Stuff. Yes, that's what he was saying, no. George. He was actually saying that's what he does. Look what you're doing, Scott. No, that was not. There was a <laughs> podcast that brought it up and said that they were asking why it is not a, a acceptable gift. Greg, so Greg that was recorded the a podcast. Greg recorded a podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> about about gift giving, apparently. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Hey, I give cash." I mean, I give cash, but not yeah, not to my significant other. That seems really tacky. <laughs> <laughs> tacky is the exact right word. <laughs> Me, I was just worried I wouldn't give enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, is there a, is there a number though? Is there ever a number that is acceptable to give cash to your significant other? Let's not let's take out wives. It could be just your girlfriend. Mm -mm. No, bro, you got to get that, a gift. 
Yeah, well, that's that's what the podcast was talking about. Mm. Whose podcast was this? It's called the Oops Podcast. Oh well, well Oops duh. is right. <laughs> 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 Oops, I gave the wrong gift. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, cash is good. I think George at a wedding. Cash. Oh, no question. I'm all cash at a wedding, dude. First of all, when you get married, you need everything. So you know what? What am I going to do? Go on your registry and try to find you a mixer if you want for your uh, for your kitchen or no, dude. I'd rather just give you the cash. Now, I, now the cash at the wedding also depends for me um, on, on a number of factors, right? Like it, like based on longevity, how long have I known the couple, right? Are they family? Are they just friends? Like, there's different tiers to this stuff. What about what about how much you think it costs per person at the wedding? Do you ever throw that into the equation? Never thought of it that way, um, mm-hmm. but perhaps that would be you know that could be thrown into the algorithm. <laughs> Very good. That's what we need a a gift giving algorithm. No, that if there was right, wouldn't that be easier? I mean, you do it with tipping, don't you? Like everyone knows that at you know lunchtime, right? You tip fifteen percent at the at the very minimum. Uh, dinner twenty. I always go bigger than that because, especially right now, dude. I even when I look, I tip when I take out, and I was doing that pre pandemic. So like now, especially, I'm always throwing down twenty twenty five percent on takeout now because people need it, man. Big time. They need it in a huge way. You're exactly right. Hey, George, um, listen, I know you got to hustle. At least we do anyway, just because we're up against it. Uh, Great to be with you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, your wife, your children who are beautiful. I follow everything you do on Instagram. and, uh, And I just wish you guys a very healthy and prosperous 2021. Yep. Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, LZ and I will be returning. You will be holding it down like the trooper you are, and this is why we love you. You are one of the best in the business, and to have you filling in feels like there's no drop-off at all, which is never usually the case. You've worked at a lot at stations like I have, Scott. There's always a drop-off. There's zero drop-off. There's actually an upgrade when you're on as opposed to when we're on. (laughs) Let me tell you something right now. Generally, what you do is when you take a vacation in radio, you find somebody who sucks. Because that because then what you want is you want people to want you back desperately. You're like, oh my god, your job right. is no, safe. No, I, I, I Jim Jim Rome was uh, infamous, I believe, for that in a lot of ways. He'd always put on like writers who'd never done radio before, um, and maybe Travis could uh, get, divulge those secrets because I feel like there because when he worked for Rome back in the day, there was a lot of writers. Um, you know, no disrespect to the John Feinstein's of the world, you know what I'm saying? But they weren't radio hosts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. That would have been one of the first names. Maybe I would have popped out too. That's very yeah. good, George Sedano. Yeah. Uh, George, have a great holiday season, man. And uh, we look forward to the brand new year. Thank you, All man. Right. Love you guys. Be good. Uh, love you too, man. George Sedano from Sedano and LZ. Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ. And good to get George's first impression on what happened last night between the Lakers, the Clippers, the ring ceremony. I didn't even talk to him about James Harden and what's going on in that situation, the first cancellation of an NBA game between Oklahoma City and Houston tonight. Okay, coming up, I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction for a moment here. I found out earlier this week that one of my most favorite movies One of the most influential movies of my life is coming out with a sequel. Can't believe it. I had no idea until I saw the trailer on YouTube. What are we talking about? I'm going to tell you next. It's Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Christmas Eve Eve here on 710. Oh, turn it up. Come on now. See, this is where I screwed up yesterday. For those of you who heard the Mason and Ireland Christmas Carol sing-off, I should have done Adam Sandler and done Jim Hanukkah. Oh, I should have done Jim Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Oh. So. You screwed up, man. I did screw up. up. I should have done my Adam Sandler. I should have done the Hanukkah song. It was a bad decision by me. It was one of those uh, moments where you think you're, you're really smart and creative and nobody gets the joke, and you bomb terribly, and you're standing on stage at the comedy store on Sunset, and you're looking around at everybody, and you're going, 
What? You didn't think that was funny? I thought that was really funny. Well, okay. All right. Next. Yeah, you started doing some like eep op orp op ah type stuff. It was very, it was very odd. It was like yeah, it fizzled. Yeah, play him off. Didn't work. Play him off. Get the cane. Yeah, I should have done that. I should have done that. By the way, you know I could have I could have sent that out as a as an homage to Kawhi Leonard. Has everybody seen Kawhi Leonard last night? He's standing there and uh, and and he's he's holding onto his shorts and he's kind of like bending down like he's catching his breath and a photo is taken of the top of Kawhi's head and face and you can see his cornrows. And dude, I'm telling you right now, there is no doubt in my mind that Kawhi Leonard has his cornrows designed as a menorah. Okay, that is 100% straight facts right there. Has anybody seen this picture? Kawhi has a menorah in his cornrows. I'm telling you, it's a fact. It is absolutely. You sent it to me, and I was like, you were like, hmm, what do you see in this picture? I was like, I don't know, just cornrows. I mean, it kind of looks like a menorah. <laughs> and you were like, yeah. <laughs> My brother Kawhi, happy Chinooka to Kawhi Leonard, man. That is like Smokey Robinson. Like, hey, girl, um... I want to wish you a happy Chinooka. I don't know what Chinooka is, but they're paying me to wish you a happy Chinooka. So happy Chinooka, girl. Yeah. You tell him, Smoke. I wonder what he would have said if they would have put out there just Hanukkah with the H and not with the C in front of it. There's no question. There's no question. That that if if it was Hanukkah without the C, they would have gotten him. But they set him up. They set him up for a Chinooka. Now, do you call it a Hanukkah or a menorah? I call it a menorah. The Hanukkah is the 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 top uh, you know, the candle area. That's like the right. number one candle. You know? Yeah, the nine branches. The you know, it's, it's the oh. Shamas. Yeah. Yes. So listen, let me talk about something here that is off the beaten path a little bit because you know Kawhi Leonard and menorah cornrows. That's hardcore sports talk, is what that is. Okay, but I want to talk about something completely off the beaten path. I found out just the other day. That one of the greatest movies that I've ever seen. I love this movie. I mean, it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Is now getting a sequel, right? They're they're doing another version of it. Coming to America, Eddie Murphy is getting a, a, a part two here. I had no idea that that there was even talk of Eddie Murphy doing another Coming to America. Now, do you guys, Laura, do you know Coming to America, uh, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall? Do you know this film? I love this film. And I'm, I'm just shook at the fact that you just found out, by the way. Yeah, I didn't know about it. And then shook. somebody said to me, they go, yo, man, you see a Coming to America trailer? I'm like, no, what do you mean? They're like, Coming to America 2. I'm like, no way. Coming to America 2? Really? See, Coming to America 1 was great because, remember, the guy who owned the restaurant where Prince Akeem worked that was john amos you guys know who john amos is he was in the tv show good times he was the father you know he was jimmy washington's father good times you guys know that show that old sitcom anybody am i by myself here i know the show i was it was not it was earlier than me okay all right like i said i'm a millennial i'm 25 it's just i know a lot about tv (laughs) history just so everybody knows and so um john amos man he was great and one of my favorite scenes in coming to america is when he's explaining to Eddie Murphy and, and, and to Arsenio Hall, the difference between his burger joint in Queens versus McDonald's, which is, you know, the big store all over the country. Play that for us. Look, being a McDonald's people, we got this little misunderstanding. Hmm? See, they're McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. Huh? They got the golden arches. Mine is the Golden Arcs. <laughs> now see, they got the Big Mac, I got the Big Mick. We both got two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions. But they use a sesame seed bun. My buns have no seeds. That's right, none. No seeds. No seeds at all. Do you understand the difference? They got the Golden Arches, we got the Golden Arcs. They're McDonald's, we're McDowell's. We both have the two all beef patties. Does everybody get the difference? I think you do. Now, does this movie 
This movie, you know, Ring True, Greg Bergman. This thing reaching you, coming to yeah, America. I, I love this movie. It is a fantastic movie. There's a scene in the beginning that really makes me laugh, but I don't think it's appropriate for the radio. Which scene was that? Uh, when they're in the when he's in the hot tub, and mm -hmm. then the the girls come up. You like that scene? Yeah, it's a funny scene. I have one of my favorite scenes is when they get to the airport and they've got so much stuff with them, and and they they're trying to catch a cab, and they 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 put, he puts out his hand like stop, and the guy who's the cab driver. Does anybody know who the cab driver was in the movie? Oh, I don't remember. Body by Jake, Jake Steinfeld. Oh, that's right. Body by Jake, who was like the king of the um, the advertorial, uh, you know, commercial where it was like, hey, everybody, it's Body by Jake. Let's work the Abba Dabbas. Let's work the, you know, the uh, the Glutissimo. Let's work the Hamsters over here. You know, let's work the Bymans and the Trimans. He used to have these exercise machines, and Body by Jake would be on TV pitching these things. And he was the cab driver in that film. Uh, there's the other scene that everybody always knows, and that is the barbershop scene, you know? And that, you know, there's a scene, he beat Joe Lewis's ass, where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are playing every character, and he goes, oh, this is beautiful. What is this, velvet? Uh, it's just like one of the greatest scenes where Eddie Murphy's like, man, let me tell you about Joe Lewis. And he, he whipped you, he beat Joe Lewis's ass. He did whoop Joe Lewis' ass. And so, you got, why am I doing every character? I mean, I can't do these characters. Um, and, and Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall back for Coming to America, too. I haven't, and, and I think it's coming out on Amazon Prime, right? It's not like it's going into the theaters. I think I saw Amazon Prime. Yep. Amazon Prime, March 15th. Unbelievable. That is amazing. What a movie. That's a great movie right there. All right. All right, Greg Bergman, are you, uh, are you ready to keep things rolling here? every day always okay. all right so listen let's get to laura because laura here has got a series of christmas questions laura are you ready to roll here i am i'm i love christmas this is this is me all right give me give me one tease what kind of question is coming my way here as we're getting ready to uh, to wrap things up on a christmas eve eve although the hebrew brothers back in the house tomorrow afternoon dude I mean, we're, we're taking this thing right up till the very end of Christmas Eve. Laura, give me a little tease. All right. I love to drink. So what is that drink that makes you think of Christmas? All right. Laura, with a series of Christmassy questions coming up next on Sedano and LZ. Kaplan in on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, Scott Kaplan in tonight on the eve of Christmas Eve in for Sedano and LZ. They're taking a much needed and much deserved little break. Me, I got this, I got this disease, man. I got this, this Bill Belichick disease. No days off. No days off. And I'm just telling you, man, it's the greatest. Like to have the Rams and the Seahawks this late in the season battling for playoff position. Love being on the radio when you've got games like that. The Lakers and the Clippers last night, the incredible ring ceremony. There's so much cool stuff going on. I'm glad to be here, and we'll be back tomorrow afternoon. And then we'll get ourselves a couple of days you know, with uh, Christmas Day. And then by next week, man, there's so much going on with college bowl games and Laker games. And, uh, and so we'll get a, catch, catch a little breath next week all right laura is ready to go here and laura romo let's talk about your christmasy questions as we're heading into christmas eve because i don't know about you girl but man i am uh, i was falling behind in my my christmas shopping i mean i'm mm. just getting into because i actually was stupid enough to think oh it's no big deal i'll just go on amazon it'll be here by christmas and then everything i wanted there's, no, there's nothing is available yeah, bad, bad. But first of all, can we just say you just rampaged through my song that I love? That Talk I grew to me. It's Mi Burrito Sabanero. I love this song. I know we talked about Feliz Navidad and that's like, you know, the anthem, but it's not. For me growing up, it was this song. This song, you played it and it was like Christmas is here. It's like 
it's like Christmas in a cup. That's okay, and wait a second. What is, what is the name of this particular song? You said Mi Burrito, what? Sabanero. Mi Burrito Sabanero. Um, and, and como se dice en inglés, Sabadero? Mi Burrito Sabanero. See, si. what is? So I looked it up. I looked uh, it up because I wanted to know what it was. It yeah. says burrito sabanero is mean donkey from the savannah. <laughs> I mean, if you we're singing a song it. about a mean donkey. I thought it was a song about a burrito. No, <laughs> burrito is a donkey. Oh, I thought un burrito uh, con flora tortilla. No, si. that's Greg. You know, he has yeah. issues with tacos. Un burrito, see. Si. That's a whole other thing. All right, I so I, 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 like I, I will I will listen to your song. I will come to love your song. Yes, you should. Okay, you got it's it. Festive. It's festive. You I, got it. It just, look, Latinos, we love to dance. Anytime, anywhere, we're, we're all of, about dancing. So when you play this song in my house, it's like you grab a dance partner and you just go. So I literally was trying really hard not to get up and dance and grab Jesse back here that's back here and start dancing. I'm like, oh, wait, I, I'm working. Mi hermano Jesse is in La Casa? Yeah, he's in here. I miss Jesse Lopez. You know, Jesse Lopez produces the Scott Kaplan Show. He gets to work with Playoff Sliwa right now, and Sliwa's coming up tonight. But, man, I miss my guy Jesse. I miss Jesse Lopez. He ain't the only guy. I miss Curtis Poindexter, too. Okay, back to me. <laughs> okay, back to you, Laura. Back to you. Let's let's concentrate on you, girl. Go ahead. All right. So I was asked. I asked the question: What is the drink that you have that makes you think of Christmas? Okay. And right. when I actually asked the question on air, I got told eggnog. Right. Eggnog. I don't know what what it is for you guys. What would it be for you guys? All right, Greg Bergman. Um, what is your uh, cocktail of choice for Christmas? Well, I think there's two different things here. So, mm -hmm. what makes me think about Christmas is eggnog. Ugh. So, Sounds I mean, that's so creamy and thick. I don't. I, I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it because, yeah, because it is. It is very creamy and milky. And it seems like I'd be drinking like a, like oh. a cup of 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 New England clam chowder that's Ew. cold. Ugh. Mm, but there's a wine. There's a wine that I like, and I think it's called something like a mold wine or something like that. That I know it's got this. It's got a nice flavor to it that yeah, I only have classy. during Christmas. During yeah, sounds, Christmas. Sounds classy. <laughs> so it's a, what's it called? A what? Mold wine. Mold wine. wine. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. For me, when I think of Christmas, I just think of, uh, I don't really think of a drink per se. Laura, what's your, your drink of choice? What, what is it? Okay, so I have two, just like Greg. So if I'm talking about Christmas, for me, it's champurrado. Oh, champurrado. I love champurrado. You know what champurrado is? No idea. Oh, man. I was so happy <laughs> I was for like, uh, yeah, for a split second. I was like, oh, my God. I, You got props, but now I'm, I'm just heartbroken. Champurrado again. is what? So champurrado, it's a, hot, it's a hot drink that we have. You can have it anytime, right? Anytime during the year. But it's for me, we usually, my mom does it during Christmas. And it's, it's kind of, oh, man, the simplest way I can describe it because there's no way to describe it you just have to experience it mm -hmm. it's kind of like a thick coffee because it's made with masa you know what they make tamales with mm -hmm. that's what they make it so it's really thick but it's just amazing it has cinnamon and these different types of milks so it's to me i just i love that drink it it fills the house with this beautiful smell but it is really rich so you have to be careful when you're drinking it, but it's amazing. Now, if I want to drink and get my drink on, mm -hmm. any liquor's fine, but I can <laughs> do um, Coquito, which is like a Puerto Rican drink. It's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's like eggnog, or we have like, my mom loves rompope, which that's like another type of alcoholic drink. Those are my go-to, and I trust and believe that my Latin people know what I'm talking about. All right, let me just tell you this right now, just so you guys know, that I'm getting a text message, Greg Bergman, from my girlfriend, who says that your wine that you're trying to say, I think she's saying mullied, M-U-L-L-I-E-D, or mulled, M-U-L-L-E-D. She, yeah. like, she says it's like a warm sangria. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. Okay, that's a good, good description. Maybe I'll that's try way better, way better than what I said. Laura, what is the first <laughs> drink you said tonight? Champurrado. Champurrado. I'm going to get some tomorrow. Champurrado. You know what? I, well, you live in San Diego. That's a little hard. I was going to, I was like, well, I got you because my mom's making some and it's authentic, right? All right well, but, I got, I got people who can make me some champurrado. Oh, okay. Greg, we need to help you out because you don't, you've never even heard of it. 
No, I've never heard of it, but it's, I mean, it sounds pretty good. It sounds thick. I looked it up. It it's is a so chocolate-based atole, so it sounds ah, like it's... Okay, see, I, I saw this authentic, quote-unquote, video, right, on Instagram that they were trying to make it, and the guy's like, yeah, it comes from, you know, my family in Mexico, and he's getting all into it and whatever with his sponsor on the side. I was like, bro, this is not authentic at all. You literally threw water uh, cin- like just powder cinnamon in there and chocolate. That is not how champurrado is made. That is not the way we do nope. champurrado. I can tell you that right Mm-mm. now. It is. That's not. just the way. That's that's not the way my people do it. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, Laura, give me some more Christmassy questions you got for us tonight. Okay, so we know that you haven't finished your holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. We know Sedano did because he's smart. Sorry. No, sorry, no, no, no. That's inaccurate. It's not because Sedano's smart. It's because he's married. <laughs> Okay. What about you, Greg? Have you finished your uh, holiday shopping? I'm Jewish, so yeah, that's been done for what about do you mean a week now. <laughs> you don't have you don't you don't do Christmas gifts we, for anybody. We we celebrate Christmas, but mm-hmm. we gave all of our big presents and all that kind of stuff during Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and then they'll get Christmas gifts from grandparents and all that kind of things. But you know, Santa still comes during Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to tell you something right now. I went to the mall the other night, and I just can't believe what's going on. You know, like, first of all, you can't get into the Apple store unless you have an appointment. Okay, that, oh, yeah. that I, can, I can get down with that um, unless you really need something, in which case you're like, what about I just need to go in and get And they're like, no, you can't go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, oh man, every store is wide open. People are there. Um, I mean, it just, I don't know, man. It's just like people are out and about. I know that we think everything's shut down and, you know, I just, I'm telling you, it's like there are people and they are out there. Who are you people? Oh, they are. I had to, to go and buy a gift because I had finished all my holiday shopping and like you i, th- I said amazon is gonna have my back it amazon said it's- doesn't have paper towels right now <laughs> they don't have well they had this in stock i paid for it it was on delivery route and it was supposed to be here a week ago mm. and it's still not here so i had to go get a gift last minute mm-hmm. and i could not get into best buy even if i would have said i don't know what i could have said to get into best buy the line the guy said it was an hour and a half long Unbelievable. Crazy. All right. So we haven't all or we're we're getting towards Greg is finished. You're trying to finish. I'm trying to finish. Can't believe I'm going to a mall. I can't believe it. Yeah. No. I have one more quick question for you guys. Okay. Hustle it up. Let's do it. I know that uh, you guys are Jewish, but Mm -hmm. you guys must have a memory of when you guys were young, you know, when you when we were able to to gather with the family that you're like oh man i wish that uncle would come home like come home today this year to make me laugh (laughs) i want to hear that story from you guys (laughs) um okay so first of all you know when you're jewish as a kid christmas day is not like the greatest day because christmas day when you're jewish you wake up you go outside onto the street and there's all the kids that got their new bikes and you're like I didn't get a new bike this morning. Or like you'd go to the mall with your mom and she'd go, all right, go up there and sit on Santa's lap. And then you'd go, oh, ho, ho, little boy, what do you want for Christmas? Like, all right, Santa, I'm Jewish. Let's get this over with. Smile for the picture. Let's do a beautiful thing, you know? Um, but I did. I had an uncle every year I, I look forward to, uh, to being with. My uncle Sheldon, that's a great name, Sheldon, Shelly, Uncle Shell, you know? And uh, he was gone way too soon in my life, I can tell you that right now. But, man, I had one guy who every year could make me laugh, and he would always do the same trick. Right in the middle of dinner, he'd grab somebody's glass of, like, water or soda or whatever it was they were drinking. He'd put two fingers directly in the glass into the liquid and pick up the glass and go, oh, are you drinking this? Oh, my bad. Sorry. Here you go. And he put it back down. So he would always put his fingers in your drink. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. We had, we didn't do much on Christmas, but we would all get together for the holidays. And so we had, and we had a lot of cousins. And so all the cousins would get together on my dad's side and we would make these, we'd go into the bar area and make these ridiculous, ridiculous drinks where we would just pour all different types of alcohols together and like different mixers and and coke and sprite and all these different things together it was pretty disgusting and 
there was only one person. There was always one guy. There was an uncle. There was an uncle Steve, and he would always taste it, no matter what. Everybody else would be like, "Nah, nah, nah. I don't want to touch anything you got going on here." But he would always just at least pretend to try it for us. So we were always like, "This is great." So that that was always a lot. Of uncle fun. Steve will try it. How about you, Laura? Let's let's uh, let's get to it because I want to get to to Alan Sleever coming up. What about you? You have the the crazy uncle. Me, Tio Juan, man. He was a drunk. He was the one that no matter what, he would come in gallivanting with a bunch of gifts he was always half drunk when he walked in the in the door with all the gifts and you knew because he always dropped one but he was always ready to party and he always had a crazy story about some girl he was dating so now i feel like as a 32 year old i would really appreciate those moments as a 10 year old not so much i didn't get it but i wish he would come over this this christmas yeah tio juan Mm -hmm. who would walk in half drunk and say yo somebody give me a champurrado well, uh, no, he would be like, dame una corona, you know what I mean? Like, si. he wasn't wanting no champurrado. Si, frio, c- corona. <laughs> you, you know it's a party when the drunk uncle showed up. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. It's, it's time. All right, coming up, playoff Sliwa is in the house. He was in Staples Center last night, and then he was hosting the postgame show after the Clippers beat the Lakers. Let me find out what playoff Slee thought about the ring ceremony and the result of the game. Sliwa, crosstalk, next. Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. We'll talk a lot of Lakers tonight, I can assure you that. And it's time for crosstalk. Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ. And here comes playoff Slee. What's up, Alan? What is going on, Cap? How we doing, man? Doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. I got the uh, last second. She said, why don't you request a Christmas? I went Mariah Carey. I heard Mariah Carey already was played. Um, so I went John Legend was second on the list. He totally threw you on the under the bus, Laura. Why would you do that, Alan? Just play it off. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, that, that's good. It's actually more claiming that Mariah Carey was number one on my list. Mm. Eh. Look, when you look at Christmas songs, I, mean, I don't know if it gets better than Mariah Carey. All right. Hey, Slee, let me ask I you do. a question, man. What's going on? Tell me about being in the Staples Center last night. I was following your tweets, and of course, I was watching the post-game show because I love the video that you do on Twitter. That I know it's on the radio, but I'm still listening and watching on Twitter. But Slee, tell me about what it was like inside the arena because watching on TV, it was very emotional. The ring ceremony. When I watched it again today, it was even more emotional. But being in there with no fans the way mm-hmm. it was in the pumped in crowd noise just give me give me what happened last night have you cap have you been to it's the first sporting event i've been to so obviously i wasn't in the orlando bubble have not gone to any of the rams games or anything like that have you been to a sporting event yet under the covid slee i haven't i okay. wanted to go into sofi for a game um i thought it would be no problem apparently it's a big problem (laughs) um and you know when i do nfl football broadcasts on monday night football Mm -hmm. they they said hey look we're not going to be able to put guys on the sidelines during the season and Mm -hmm. and they're still calling me saying we think we'll get you back on the sidelines for the playoffs but we still don't know for sure so literally have not been in a basketball game a football game nothing so I haven't been there to see or hear. Like I, I watched Laura Oakman the other day, who was a sideline reporter on Fox during the uh, Rams game, mm-hmm. and she actually made mention of. It. She's like, you know, I know it sounds like a regular game on TV, but inside here, and in it's kind of weird and quiet, you know. So what was it like last night being in the Staples Center? So just to kind of play off of that, and that's why I was curious to know if you've been to. A, so this is the first one I've been to, first sporting mm-hmm. event. I didn't go to the first two preseason games they had at Staples Center. I did everything from the studio. Post game finishes, start hustling over there. Um, there's not a soul outside of Staples Center, right? So you're just right out the gate. You're accustomed to people lined up everywhere. Uh, even getting into your media credentials is going to take some time. Get inside Staples Center. I go to Section 115 is where you know my credential has me sitting. Uh, Cap, it was. There's no reason to under uh, understate this. Incredibly weird. Incredibly mm-hmm. weird. I mean, um, when I got in. Adam Silver was just grabbing the mic. He was obviously there with Jeannie Buss. You got all the Lakers lined up uh, together. And they're doing a lot of stuff on the Jumbotron. Um, But it's the, just think about this. The way you're talking about, it's one thing on TV to have fake fan noise. It's a completely different thing when you see the entire arena, right? You're, you're looking at all the empty seats. You know that there's only X amount of media that are there. And then obviously all the players. For that type of a moment, for for 
The Lakers grabbing their championship ring to championship number 17, which you know is incredibly important to this organization. Um, Anthony Davis getting his first one, LeBron James getting his fourth, all the storylines. And there isn't a soul in the crowd. I'd be lying to if I didn't say it was incredibly odd. It was incredibly weird. But this is the circumstances and, you know, nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. What'd you think of the. Uh, and, and again, watching it on TV, it was beautiful. I wonder what it looked like in the arena where the families, and, and you can even start before that, first responders congratulating assistant coaches and you know them then getting their rings, and the families being part of the introduction. I mean, it was to see LeBron's mom, his uncles, all the students who's he, you know, he's impacted their lives, um, you know, his kids, their their little Frenchie who was very cute. Uh, Anthony Davis's people. Mm-hmm. I thought Alex Caruso's mom and dad looked like they were getting ready to go out for a Harley ride on Sunday afternoon. They looked kind of cool. <laughs> it was, it's so cool to just be in their homes, and it was very personal. So that's the way it looked on TV. How about there? Well, I, I think that was the – those were the moments where um, – and, and just kind of go off the list, Kostas Atentacumpo, he gets his. There's Giannis on the Jumbotron. So right. I, I think there was you know certainly some some cool moments when it came to that aspect. But there was definitely, when you put everything aside and um, you just see these guys actually receiving their championship ring, um, the Caruso moment was awesome. And seeing KCP, who was a key part of that playoff run for the Lakers, just kind of the look on his face when they're showing him on the Jumbotron, you guys are seeing it on TV, you could tell, like, man, look how beautiful this ring is. Go down the list. Kuzma, Taylor Horton, Tucker. But it was, you know, for me as... And I'm sure a lot of Laker fans feel this way as well. Seeing Anthony Davis get his first NBA championship and that moment where he had, you know, obviously his family, uh, his parents, and then his uh, his girlfriend and his daughter, and just that walk up there once that video finished and you could see him kind of walking back towards the team, those were the type of moments where you're like, wow, this is... This really is a special moment for a lot of these players, and it will be. And I'm not. I'm not uh, trying to. Um, not trying to say that it's not special for the fans, but I think there will be a moment for fans where where it will really mean something when they actually. Uh, the banner is up there, but when they unveil the banner and championship number 17 goes up, I, I think that's going to be uh, kind of a moment where you'll look back to this and then you'll look back to when that actually happens and it kind of, I guess, puts a bow on, on what the Lakers accomplished last season. But I wonder what's underneath that tarp. You know, what does that banner say that is different, special, unique, that it's not just another banner hanging in the rafters? I just would think that in the year of Kobe – that there's got to be something in there that is just so emotional that you'll always remember this particular championship. You know, for me, you talk about AD. I, I was thinking, um, I was thinking more about Jared Dudley, not because he's a star player and not because he's a major contributor on the floor, but because to see his kids and to see his son say, "Dad, you're my inspiration. You're the reason I want to live out my dreams." I was like, "Wow, that's these are personal moments." that we would never have gotten in a normal year. I thought it was really cool, man. I loved it. In fact, I told you, I, I went back and watched the ring ceremony again today, not the game again today. <laughs> not, not much to see in the game, but Cap, just to play off of that, there was a moment, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever, whatever was on the Jumbotron was synced to the TV, so I'm just assuming we both saw, you know, we're both seeing the exact same thing, but there was a moment towards the end that I thought was, you know, an incredible shot. It was the shot of the Larry O'Brien trophy and if you saw Jeannie Buss was all the way in the background there and she was just kind of clapping towards the players. This was the end, right? This is when they're getting ready to kind of wrap everything up. That was um, that was a picturesque moment, I think, for Jeannie. Uh, just kind of think of, think of her family. This is the first championship that she has. I know there's many owners that are part of the team, but she's the governor of the Los Angeles Lakers. That was a cool moment. That was a cool shot. And like I mentioned, this is kind of that, – that, that's kind of the first – opportunity to really turn the page on the new season and then obviously tip-off came yeah well we're looking forward to listening tonight Slee what do you got coming up all right we got uh Dave McMenamin who actually you'll spend some time talking about you know you're you're you mentioned how unique the banner could potentially be the ring was incredibly unique and he uh spent some time kind of researching on all the uh 
Um, just the details of How much what, is it worth? How much is each ring? Do you, you know? know I want to know. I, 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 that's a question I'm going to ask Dave. Ask him. I, I heard yeah. you guys yesterday talking about it on Crosstalk, and I think what you guys were throwing around, like 200, 250. The ring is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. stupid. I don't know if you saw all the uh, all the details I to did. it. I did. So. I watched the videos of all the, and I listened to John Ireland's description. I, I said 150 grand yesterday. I'll be listening. Okay, so you got Dave McMenamin. That'll be good. I, I'm looking forward to that. Great. McMenamin and then Jordan Roderick covers the uh, Rams for the Athletic. How, sure. By the way, how good is that matchup going to be this weekend? It is such a huge game. I mean, listen, the Rams keep doing this to themselves by losing home games, whether mm-hmm. it was the San Francisco game, and I get it, the Niners have had their number, losing to the Jets when you lose home games, then you find yourself having to go on the road to win games like they did in Arizona and like they now must do in Seattle. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm down on the Rams this week, and they win. I'll be right back high on them next week. That's just the emotion of an NFL football season. Slee, I'll talk to you uh, manana. Are you going to be on tomorrow or no? No no go tomorrow. Back on it uh, Christmas Day for uh, Lakers and the Mavs. Okay, very good. Um, I will talk to you then. Have a great holiday. Have a great show tonight. Hey, for Laura Romo, who I really appreciate, Laura, great work tonight. For Greg Bergman, amazing production. Thank you very, very much. Slee is coming up. Happy Christmas Eve, Eve. But we are back tomorrow at 4 and we'll take you right up until Christmas Eve, and then it again, like Alan was saying, it'll be the Lakers and the Mavericks on Christmas Day here on 710. For the entire crew, here comes Alan Sliwa, playoff Sliwa in the house. Scott Kaplan saying peace on ESPN 710.